Hope Lives Here is the podcast of City Union Mission in Kansas City. Since 1924, the homeless and impoverished have found hope and healing through this evangelical ministry. This podcast is designed to help you discover City Union Mission's origins, history, programs, and its people, and the mission's love for those who need love most. Enjoy this episode of Hope Lives Here. All right, welcome. I'm Chris Michael. Welcome to Hope Lives Here, the podcast. And of course, over the years, City Union Mission has been blessed by our association with Christian churches all across the Kansas City metropolitan area. From financial gifts, volunteers, partnership, prayers, obviously, churches and their congregations have come alongside the mission to visually and tangibly become the hands and feet that minister to the poor and homeless here in Kansas City. On this episode, we have the chance to visit with City Union Missions Church Relations and Volunteer Administrator, Dennis Ellis. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Seems like a, a very daunting task when you think about how many Christian churches there are in Kansas City. Any idea how many there are and what is a kind of a rough estimate as to how many are currently involved with City Union Mission? Sure. That's a great question. It, and you're right. It can be very daunting. I came on board with the mission about 12 years ago, and I had that curiosity myself. So I just in our records, I ran a printout, and there was over 2,000 churches that were in our records alone, not including even others in the metro area that are not in the records. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot of churches. It was a little overwhelming. Let's start by looking at this historically. The mission has been here since 1924. Any idea how church involvement began? Yes, I, it's really interesting. Um, that's a good question. During COVID, uh, we were going through some of the older documents from the past and reviewing those, just hearing about the history. And there was a document that I read back from 1927, and it was a charter of Kansas City, seven different denominations, and the pastors from those got together and wrote up a charter making City Union Mission a chartered member of the Body of Christ in Kansas City, clear back in 1927. Wow. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I know that you speak at a number of churches in the area throughout the year. What's the message that you want to communicate to churches to create that desire to kind of lock arms with us, and what do you want that relationship to look like? When I go out and speak in churches around the community, the message I want to get is to them is how much that City Union Mission is not a man's ministry, it's God's ministry. God uses this ministry to change lives every day. And I want to convey to them that we wouldn't be here without God running the ministry, without us following what God wants us to do with his ministry, and informing them on the ways that God changes lives through, it could be a lot of different things, through our chapel services, through all of the staff we have on the front line that share the love of Christ with those that come through our doors. And I get to share those stories with them about how that happens here and the way I get to even go out and speak in churches later. And somebody will come up to me and say, thank you for the mission for being there 15 years ago. 
because without the mission and the program, I wouldn't have the relationship with Christ that I have. I wouldn't have the wonderful job that I have, the wonderful wife and the wonderful kids. And a lot of times I can tell when I'm talking to them that the family and the kids all came post of being in the mission. So I get to hear that quite often. Just even a few weeks ago, a lady said, I was in the shelter 20 years ago, and I was very thankful that the mission was there. Mm. But you could see she was doing very well when I was talking to her. Yeah, That's God changing lives. Yeah, Dennis Ellis is our guest, our church relations and volunteer administrator. Talk about some of the projects that churches have been involved in so others can kind of get an idea of what's available. We have lots of different projects churches can get involved in. Uh, We have arranged at times special events where a group will come in from a church and repaint the entire dining room at the family center on a Saturday or repaint a commons area in the men's center or even repaint the entire dining room in the men's center. And that would take a group of like 20 or 25. That was a special project that we set aside for that. But we have other projects where people can come in as churches, even small groups. They can underwrite the cost of a meal and serve the guests in our shelters right at the table, serve the meals to them. Uh, They can come in and work and help volunteer at our Mission Christmas Project where we help the community. And last winter, we had 192 volunteers that helped us with just running our Mission Christmas store. And we couldn't do that without the volunteers in the church body. All right. Now, projects are not limited to just adults. Are there some available for maybe a youth group to get involved or maybe a family? Oh, yes, yes. You're just going to kind of caught us after our spring break period. Starting in December and January, we start having youth groups reach out to us. It's middle school and high school kids, the, the youth pastors and pastors. We have a group we want to bring for a day or two days. What projects can we help you with? And starting about the 1st of March, clear through just in the last week, we've had anywhere from two to three to five groups a week coming through just from youth, which is important including adults, which is husbands and wives and the youth, to come do projects for us. And it helps us tremendously. And now we're already scheduling even more groups for the summertime to do the same thing on our campuses. All right. It never ends. <laughs> Fantastic. We're talking with Dennis Ellis. We'll talk more in just a moment here on Hope Lives Here, the podcast. Find out how you can bless this ministry with your financial support or through volunteerism. Visit cityunionmission.org today for all the details. Are you looking for a meaningful way to serve your community? Ever thought about a job with a faith-based organization? I'm Dr. Terry Megley, CEO of City Union Mission, and we have a number of open positions, case managers, food service, counselors, even maintenance. Visit cityunionmission.org and see how you can positively impact the lives of homeless men, women, and children in Kansas City. Hope lives here. Thank you for what you do. As an employee of City Union Mission, I hear that quite often. It's a blessing. And it reflects what God has done for nearly a hundred years. As we minister to the poor and homeless, truth is, we can't do anything without you. Your gift today provides meals, programs, and services. 
Your prayerful and financial support are the lifeblood of this crucial ministry. Visit cityunionmission.org to find out more. And thank you. Thank you. For what you do. From right here in Kansas City, this is Hope Lives Here, the podcast from City Union Mission. Again, talking with Dennis Ellis, he is our church relations and volunteer administrator here at City Union Mission. Well, not everything a congregation or church group can do to help the mission has to be done here on our campus. What are some examples of some things that churches can do within their church for the mission? Oh, there's quite a few things. Uh, We have a lot of churches that take the time to collect items that we need over a period of two or three Sundays. It could be toilet paper. That's very important to us when we go through 3,600 rolls of toilet paper a month. A month. A month. And it's really important. Um, Somebody just took that times 12 and figured how many for the entire year. That's that's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so people, when I speak in the churches, I'll talk about collecting toilet paper and how important that is when you don't have any. And it usually makes the congregation laugh because then I see the heads nod going, yes, we agree. That is important to have. We just did a collection at a church, two churches over this last month or so, and between the two churches collecting toilet paper, it supplied us with just a little over three weeks worth of toilet paper. That's a huge help for us. Yes. Um, They can collect uh, travel-sized toiletry items. We put them in our welcome bags when people come into our shelters. They can collect uh, twin-size XL uh, sheet sets to replace sheets that get worn out from our beds in the shelters. We can do um, canned goods, which is canned corn, green beans, pears, peaches, those types of things, canned protein. Those are all items they can collect. We can also arrange, we started during COVID arranging what we call truck drop-offs. What we'll do is I will bring a truck out if we're collecting toilet paper or canned goods, park it at the church, on Sunday, and as people come into the church, they give us whatever we're collecting, toilet paper. I put it in the truck, and I bring it back downtown so they don't have to transport it themselves. Yeah. And we also have been doing a truck drop-off through our city thrift stores. They will bring a larger truck out, and same way on a Saturday or Sunday, we'll arrange it where congregants and people in the neighborhood can bring items, households, some furniture, gently used clothing, those items, and donate it to our thrift stores. Because when it goes to our thrift stores, we resell the items back into the marketplace. But the proceeds from that comes back to the mission to help support what we do here. You You mentioned COVID a few moments ago. From a volunteer standpoint, COVID, very impactful, and that's probably putting it very mildly. How did that change church involvement? Are things trending back towards maybe pre-COVID normal? COVID made a drastic impact on the mission with volunteering. Even uh, the year of fiscal year of 2021, that was kind of the tail end of COVID coming into allowing volunteers to come back and be in the campuses. We only had 128 volunteers that year. That's like zero for us. We rely on our volunteers. But this last fiscal year of 2021 to 2022, we had well over 3,600 volunteers. So the trending is coming back. Uh, We're so thankful the volunteers are back. It it helps our staff. 
it just helps us in general in everything we do. And I see the trend is going to pick up and get even busier. Now, you have an impact when you're a volunteer on the mission, but it also has an impact on the volunteers, doesn't it? Oh, yes. It's a big, a big impact. Um, I have just meals when they underwrite meals and come and serve them to the guests at the shelter. I wonder at times who gets more impact, those that are being served at the tables, which I know it does, or those that are serving those at the tables. And I know it impacts them both because I get to watch the interactions at times of the servers and the guests. And I've seen those that come serve with tears in their eyes because of some story or interaction with the guests in the shelters. Hmm. And the shelters, the the people, the guests in the shelters will say, thank you for bringing the people in to serve a meal. We know someone cares for us. Right. That's a huge impact. I know that uh, one way churches may be able to get involved is with the mission's summer camp in Warsaw, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the camp and what church involvement could look like from that perspective. Yeah. Camp Comcedo is um, a six-week program where we bring children from the urban core, a different age group each week, down to camp to get them out of the city. They get to be kids. They get to have water fights and swim and those types of things. And it's very faith-based as a camp, so they get to learn about Jesus, and that's huge for us. It's very important. The volunteers that we could use there can be adults. It can be youth, 16 and over. We do have interns, internships that are available for college-age students. We get a lot of those that come in and help us for the 11 weeks. We have uh, a need Again, for volunteers, we'll have a church itself, and we have one here locally that has been sending a team every year for 21 years to Camp Cumcedo. It could be a group of four, or they've had as many as a group of 20 and 25 that have gone down and been part of a week at camp. And so we need the church groups to come down and either host part of a week or come down for most of a week to help us fill those, because if we don't have enough volunteers, not as many children get to go to camp. Exactly. So it's very important for that. So we even have opportunities. Say you can't come down for a week because you just your schedule. We have opportunities on the Saturdays between weeks of camp where volunteers can go down and help with housekeeping for those cabins and the facilities between the weeks of camp. Just to clean it and do linens and stuff. And that'd be such a huge break for our staff and volunteers that are there those 11 weeks to get a little break, a little rest between weeks of camp. And so, you'll love our you'll love our staff down there, too. Oh, oh they're awesome. They're yeah. awesome. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. And if you get done early enough, Lake Truman is right there also. That's right. You can go spend the rest of the day at the lake. All right. Dennis L. is, again, our guest today. He is our church relations and volunteer administrator. Uh, give some final thoughts on this episode about how people can pray for you and just future relationships with churches in the Kansas City area. Wow. Prayer is very integral down here for us. Um, we we couldn't survive as an organization if we weren't backed by prayer because it's very foundational. Uh, when people pray for us, things happen. I just see it every day. I'm amazed every day at what God does here at the mission. And I know it's backed by a lot of faithful people praying for our ministry. 
And as far as just praying for us that we would continue to look to see where God wants us to go in his ministry, what do you want us to do next? What do you want us to change? How can we be better at sharing the gospel with those that come through our doors? How can we better be better at discipling those to get them back headed the right direction in life to where they're prosperous again and not living in cyclical homelessness? So prayer for that is huge for us. Um, as far as myself is that I would just keep looking forward and doing what God wants me to do in the church relations and volunteer area to make sure we keep active in the community to be able to share that message of the love of Christ that we share here at the mission. Now, I would imagine it would be a good idea since we talked about establishing relations with the church if you would give people an idea of how they can contact you or a volunteer as well. Oh, absolutely. For me, myself, if you're interested in having someone come share at the church, you can email me directly at dennis.ellis at cityunionmission.org and request a speaker, and I'd be glad to work out a time to be able to come do that for you. As far as volunteering, please go to our website, cityunionmission.org, and click on the Volunteer tab, and it'll start walking you through the process of what's available and how to volunteer here. Very good, very good. Hope lives here at the podcast. Things happening around the mission. We're talking with staff members and key personnel around here that can just give you a better understanding of what is happening, what God is doing here at City Union Mission. More episodes coming up, so just keep checking the website again at cityunionmission.org, and you'll find them all in there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Hope Lives Here is the podcast of City Union Mission in Kansas City. Send your comments to Hope Lives Here, the podcast at cityunionmission.org. And find out more by visiting our website at www.cityunionmission.org.